I'm James Neal Jr. with the James Neal Farms in Pearsall, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We are locked, loaded, and ready to roll with another edition of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, the condition of the Texas wheat crop is not good. But believe it or not, it's even worse in other states. And of course, you can thank the drought for those worsening wheat conditions all over the Great High Plains. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Challenges with water have many Texas High Plains farmers looking for alternative crops to add to their mix. Sunflowers is one of the options. I'm James Hunt and we'll talk about that on Texas Ag Today. The Sorghum Checkoff Program continues to provide producers with tools to communicate with consumers about their product. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll talk with the Executive Director of the United Sorghum Checkoff Program on Texas Ag Today. As temperatures begin to rise, it is time to start thinking about the coming hay season. We will discuss things to check on before you make your first bail. I'm Dr. Vanessa Olson from Overton. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The Texas wheat crop continues to struggle this growing season and recent windstorms haven't helped the situation. The latest Texas crop progress and condition report shows 19% of the wheat crop rated good to excellent, 31% fair, and half the Texas wheat crop rated poor to very poor. But unlike last year, there are states that have it worse than we do. If you look at the key plains production states of the central and southern Great Plains, we see anywhere from 40 to 51 percent of the winter wheat rated in very poor to poor condition, led by Kansas, our number one production state for winter wheat, 51 percent very poor to poor, Texas at 49 percent, Oklahoma 41 percent, Nebraska at 40 percent. That's USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey, who says drought conditions in Kansas, Nebraska, and Oklahoma are to blame for the poor condition of the wheat crop in those states. But the drought seems to be improving in those states, hopefully giving some late help to a struggling crop. However, that is not the case here in Texas. Texas is heading the other direction. Even though the extreme to exceptional drought coverage is only 12.3% at the end of February, that does represent an increase from the end of January of 7.9%. The crop condition report shows 19% of our wheat crop has now headed. That's well ahead of the 10% five-year average pace. The report also shows that 20% of the Texas corn crop has been planted, with sorghum planting now at 14% done. 
Drought put a big dent in Texas cow herds last year as many producers either culled heavily or completely sold out due to a lack of forage and tank water for their cattle. So you would think that the latest cattle inventory report would show a big drop in the number of cows in Texas. But that wasn't the case. I kind of thought when I looked at the Texas beef cow number, I was probably expecting a little larger decline. We were down almost 3% year over year. That's Texas A&M livestock economist David Anderson. He says that 3% drop was a bit of a head-scratcher, especially when you see the Oklahoma cow herd dropped by double digits. Given that large decline in Oklahoma, our 125,000 head decline, uh, declines in the rest of the region as well. I thought that matched a little better. And sometimes digging in and looking too much at the states kind of takes me away from kind of the bigger picture. And that is certainly fewer cows. But, you know, I did expect a little smaller number uh, than that in terms of beef cows. So maybe I take that as a pleasant surprise. Anderson says the bottom line is that we're still looking at a smaller cow herd nationwide with higher prices over the next couple of years as a result. Challenges with water have many Texas High Plains farmers looking for alternative crops that use less water. James Hunt tells us sunflowers is one of those crops. With a lingering drought and a declining aquifer, limited water resources represent an ever-present and growing challenge for Texas High Plains producers. As they analyze ways to continue producing marketable crops with less water, sunflowers could be an option more farmers should consider. Here's what Texas A&M AgriLife agronomist Calvin Trossel told me. Sunflowers, in my experience here in Texas, you have a plant that can use a lot of water if you allow it to, but that's not how really any of our farmers here in the Texas High Plains farm anymore. We're all looking at limited water or what we would call deficit irrigation, and sunflower tends to perform fairly well in a low water situation. That is, compared to maximum production, it seems to retain a significant portion of its production potential at much lower levels of water. If you couple that, James, with a plant that can pull water and nutrients from at least six feet deep, which would be two and maybe three feet further and more deep than other crops, then this can be a very good fit for producers here in the Texas High Plains. So can sunflowers be grown successfully in a pure dry land format? My answer to that here in the Texas High Plains is yes. And we do have some farmers that do that. And Dr. Trussell says, for sunflower growers, there are buyers in and close to our region, including one company in Lubbock that produces bird food and another company in Lamar, Colorado in the oil seed business. In our next report, Dr. Trussell discusses the flexible growing season that sunflowers offer. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The Sorghum Checkoff Program continues to provide sorghum growers with tools to communicate with consumers about their product. Tom Nicoletti visits with the Executive Director of the United Sorghum Checkoff Program. The Sorghum Checkoff helps U.S. sorghum farmers communicate with consumers about the value of sorghum as a healthy, versatile grain. Norma Rich-Johnson is Executive Director of the United Sorghum Checkoff Program. 
The sorghum checkoff was established by producers in 2008. And so one of the things that I love about the checkoff is that it's producers helping producers. It was something that was badly needed in terms of having resources to be able to develop new end uses, new markets for sorghum, but also to invest in research on production challenges in order to solve problems for producers. Again, it's all about making sorghum production more profitable, more valuable for producers. Since the establishment of the checkoff, We've certainly seen a lot of progress when it comes to both production and breeding research, as well as new end uses and consumer awareness. What is the current checkoff contribution that uh, sorghum uh, producers make to uh, be part of this program? So we are based on a net market value assessment. And so that net market value assessment is six-tenths of a percent on the net market value of a bushel of sorghum. And the way that that works is that it is remitted to the checkoff by first purchasers or first handlers, and that's on grain sorghum. The checkoff also includes assessments on forage sorghum as well. There's increasing interest in forage sorghums for silage purposes, especially in this past year when there was such a water-limited situation. Is the sorghum checkoff voluntary or mandatory? It is a mandatory checkoff. Producers agreed to do a mandatory checkoff when the organization was established. That is Norma Ritz-Johnson with the United Sorghum Checkoff Program. I'm Tom Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. As the temperatures get warmer, it's time to start thinking about the upcoming hay season. Forage specialist Vanessa Olson looks at some things to check on before you fire up the baler. Timing is everything when it comes to high-quality hay production. A pre-harvest inspection of your haymaking equipment can help make up valuable time and hopefully cut back on downtime later. Here are some tips. Tip number one, sharpen or replace dull, damaged blades, sickle sections, and cutting mechanisms. A good cut on the grass reduces leaf loss and prevents stem damage, which can slow plant recovery. Also check the conditioning rollers, adjust spacing and rolling time as needed. Properly maintained conditioners will minimize drying time. Tedders and rakes may not be as mechanically complex, but they still need to be functioning effectively. Look for teeth that are misaligned or broken, replace or bend if possible. Studying the correct pickup height will minimize leaf loss and reduce soil uptake. Perform a thorough inspection on your hay baler. This is the centerpiece of your hay making operation, and if it is not functioning properly, things come to a halt. Check shafts, sprockets, pulleys, and bearings for signs of wear. Inspect any belts and hoses for cracks. Properly tighten chains and belts. The bearings in the baling chamber often cause the most headache for round balers. Now is the time to check them, not when smoke is billowing out of the chamber. Check the rollers for any excessive movement or play. Look at the tires and check their air pressure. It is a good practice to do a test run by warming up equipment to check for improperly working components. As the saying goes, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Lubricate and grease any bearings and other moving parts that may have grown dry and stiff during the off-season. Take inventory. Make sure you have plenty of twine, net wrap, and or plastic. It is also good to have some spare parts on hand to minimize downtime when something breaks. Adequate inventories can save you a trip to town or prevent a complete shutdown. There are so many factors that contribute to a successful hay season. Don't let improperly prepped equipment be the factor that slows you down. This is Dr. Vanessa Olson with Texas A&M 
AgriLife Extension in Overton for Texas Ag Today. Texas anglers still have time to help the state create bigger, better bass. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And spring calving cows are dropping calves in many areas of Texas. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. In Texas, there's pea-sized hail and baseball-sized hail. Guess which one hit our house? We didn't even know where to begin, but we called our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent, and he was so reassuring. He knew exactly what to do to get our house back into shape and our lives back to normal. Now, we're even more thankful for the roof over our heads. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to insure your home for Texas-sized weather. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Spring calving cows are calving in much of Texas. Dr. Bob Judd has some tips for a successful calving season. It is important to realize that planning for a successful calving season starts long before the calves are actually born. It is a good idea to take feed samples and make sure your nutrition program is on track to keep cows at an adequate body condition score. Without testing your hay, you cannot determine how much hay you will need and how much to feed each cow. Nutrition is even more important in young cows and heifers that are still growing as they need enough nutrition to grow as well as provide nutrition for a fetus. Dr. Woodcock indicates that giving pre-breeding vaccines is important and not vaccinating calves until they are four weeks of age. The reason is that some vaccines will not be protective in the presence of antibodies from the cow, so waiting until later generally allows the calf to respond better to the vaccines. However, vaccines given prior to three months of age may need to be boosted after three months depending on the vaccine. Also, some vaccines require a booster in 30 days depending on the vaccine. Separating cows that have calved from those that have not calved will decrease disease transmission, and this technique is the basis for the Sand Hills Calving System. If you have not heard of the Sand Hills Calving System, I would recommend you perform an online search and check it out. You will also need basic calving supplies like lubricant and chains for delivering calves. A mechanical fetal extractor, or so-called calf puller, is helpful, assuming you know how to use the equipment, as there is a learning curve to prevent damage to the cow and the calf. I'm Dr. Bob Judd, and this is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Texas anglers still have time to help the state grow bigger and better bass. Jessica Domel tells how in today's wildlife report. Another Texas lake has produced a 13-plus pound largemouth bass this year. According to the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, Tony Lozapone of Iowa Park reeled in a 13.14-pound bass on Possum Kingdom earlier this month. The angler loaned the bass to the Toyota Sherlunker program for selective breeding at the Texas Freshwater Fishery Center in Athens. The lunker is the 15th fish that has been loaned to the program this year to create bigger, better bass for Texas anglers. Other lunkers have been caught on OHIV Reservoir and Lakes Nacogdoches and Allen Henry. Natalie Goldstrom, Toyota Sherlunker Program Coordinator, says anglers can continue to loan largemouth bass weighing 13 pounds or more to the program through the end of the month. 
Even after the deadline, anglers can still help create bigger, better bass by submitting catch and genetic data for bass weighing eight pounds or more. So it's not just the collection season. There's three other classes of Sherlunker that anglers can give information to. They can either share that information through the Sherlunker app or through the Sherlunker website. So if an angler catches a bass that's eight pounds or heavier or 24 inches or longer, they can share a little bit of information about their catch data online or through the app. All they need is a few pictures of their fish, either a picture of the fish on a digital scale so that we can read that digital way out or a picture of the fish on a measuring board. And we also love to see those pictures of the angler with their catch, making sure that they're holding their fish with two hands. Details are available on the Texas Sherlunker website. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dolmo. It's time to check the markets. Jessica will be back with a complete look at all the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau health plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, call 833-TX-HEALTH or visit 833-TXHEALTH.com. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. The cattle complex traded lower on Thursday as traders awaited any news from the cash cattle markets. April live cattle down 65 cents to 164.80. June live cattle down 97 cents to 159.67. August live cattle down 82 cents to 159.35. March feeder cattle down 67 cents to 193.07. April feeder cattle down 92 cents to 199.15. May feeder cattle down 67 cents Thursday to 205.47. Box beef was lower. Choice fell 11 cents to $284.67. Select fell $1.99 to $276.13. Now let's check those livestock auctions. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Gary Butler and family own and operate Nixon Livestock. They sell them every Monday. Gary, how did that sale go, son? We wind up with 923 head. I think we had 800 head. Sunday when I talked to you, wound up with 187 cows and 23 bulls. Larry, calf market is just, there's exceptionally well. Uh, two and three weight steers, $1.78 to 275 Heifers, $1.53 to 203 Four and five weight steers, $1.99 to 285 Efforts $1.74 to 216. Four and five weight steers at 205 to 265. And the heifers $1.71 to 210. Five and six weight steers $1.94 to 245. Heifers $1.72 to 275. Uh, on the six to seven weight steers $1.77 to 224. The heifers $1.57 to $3. And that was a replacement tiger stripe heifer uh she dollared out over nineteen hundred dollars uh seven and eight way steers a dollar fifty eight to a dollar ninety five and the heifers were a dollar forty two to a dollar sixty two 
Uh, slaughter cows got a dollar one for the best cow. Slaughter bulls ninety two to dollar twenty two. Uh, stalker cows six fifty to eleven hundred. And we had a few pair, not very many, eight ninety to ten ten. Larry, what do you know of for next week? Uh, really don't know of a whole lot coming, uh, Larry. For next week is a little bit early yet, but uh, I'm sure we'll have that eight to nine hundred somewhere around that neighborhood. Well, tell everybody how to get a hold of you, Gary Butler. <laughs> you can get us here at cell point eight three zero five eight two fifteen sixty one or sixty two on sale. Uh, you can catch me on my mobile, 830-857-4330. Well, neighbor, there's your livestock auction report. We'll see you next time right here as we walk the pens. I'm Larry Marble for Texas Ag Today. All right, thank you, Larry. Lean hogs traded lower Thursday due to a lackluster export report issued by the U.S. Department of Agriculture. April lean hogs fell 67 cents to 85.07. May lean hogs fell 42 cents to 92.75. March class 3 milk rose 3 cents to 1771 a hundredweight. April class 3 milk up 24 cents to 1775 a hundredweight. May cotton down 44 points to 82.18. July cotton down 36 points to 82.89. December cotton down 14 points to 83.07. Corn fell on Thursday. Analysts say that could be due to this month's World Agricultural Supply and Demand Estimates Report from USDA. In that report, USDA said domestic carryout is higher than expected. March corn down 16 to 618 and a half. May corn down 14 to 611 and a half. September corn down 7 and a quarter to 561 and a quarter. March hard red wheat down 20 and a quarter to 786 and a quarter. May hard red wheat down 23 to 777 and a quarter. July hard red wheat down 22 to 769. April natural gas fell 3 cents Thursday to 251. May natural gas down 4 cents to 266. Crude oil fell over a dollar Thursday. April crude oil down a dollar and two cents to seventy-five sixty-four a barrel. May crude oil down a dollar and three cents to seventy-five seventy-eight a barrel. The Dow fell three hundred and fifty-two points to thirty-two thousand four hundred and forty-five. The S&P five hundred fell fifty points to three thousand nine hundred and forty-one, and the Nasdaq fell one hundred and sixty-six points to eleven thousand four hundred and nine. Well, that wraps up this look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. We hope you join us next time for the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Jessica Domel, and I hope to see you then. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.